Business is battle. On Business Wars, we learn what it takes to win by looking closely at ambitious battles like the one in our latest series, Vaccine Wars. And our new book, The Art of Business Wars, gets to the very heart of each conflict, unearthing all the valuable lessons. Go to Wondery.com slash The Art of Business Wars to order your copy now. Join Wondery Plus to listen to Business Wars one week early and ad-free in the Wondery app. Download the Wondery app in your Apple or Google Play mobile app store today. September 8th, 2020. COVID-19 has killed nearly 900,000 people worldwide. 20% of them are Americans. By death toll, the U.S. is the hardest hit nation in the world. In his office in Silver Spring, Maryland, FDA boss Dr. Stephen Hahn catches up on emails. Hahn is a bald oncologist with a gray goatee. He took charge of the FDA in December 2019 just as the coronavirus began its global rampage. Han looks up as a colleague enters his office. Hey, you see the news about AstraZeneca's vaccine trials? No, what's happened? They suspended them on Sunday. Someone got sick. Han's jaw drops. It's now Tuesday, and he was talking to AstraZeneca just a few hours earlier. What? They didn't say anything this morning. Do we know? Actually, scratch that. I'll call them myself. Han phones a top executive at AstraZeneca. Why am I learning secondhand that your vaccine trials are on ice? Uh, we, um, we only told the British regulator a few hours ago. Hours? So you had time to tell us. Uh, We're going to. uh... Going to isn't good enough. You must inform us of developments immediately, especially when it concerns safety. So, are you going to tell me what's happening, or should I wait for tomorrow's papers to find out? Uh, yeah, sure. A woman in the UK trial developed transverse myelitis. Transverse myelitis is an inflammation of the spinal cord that can cause pain, paralysis, and bladder problems. Did she get the vaccine or the placebo? The vaccine. She's recovering, but we've halted our trials worldwide while the cause is being investigated. This is standard practice. When someone in a trial gets sick, everything stops until regulators are reassured that the vaccine is unlikely to be the cause. Han sits back in his chair. Okay, well, let's hope for her full recovery and that it wasn't caused by the vaccine. In the future, keep us informed, okay? And to be clear, your U.S. trial cannot restart until we say so. Understood? Yes, uh, the safety review should report back before the week's over. A few days later, the review concludes the vaccine is unlikely to have caused the woman's illness. The next day, Britain's regulator lets AstraZeneca's UK trial restart. Soon after, trials in Brazil, India, and South Africa also resume. But the FDA wants more evidence. Days become weeks as AstraZeneca tries to satisfy the American regulator. The British vaccine's progress toward U.S. authorization skids to a halt. AstraZeneca was supposed to be the low-cost, easy-to-distribute alternative to Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines. It was poised to supply 60% of America's doses. Now, 
No one's sure when or even if it'll get across the finish line. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana's diverse landscapes include dense timber forests and seafood-rich coastlines. And every step along the way, you'll find a business environment that's strong, diverse, and ripe with opportunity. Need proof? Louisiana is where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will soon put the first women on the moon. It's also where the port system delivers the most domestic cargo in the U.S. And Louisiana is home to the best workforce development program in the country. See what Louisiana economic development can do for you. Visit OpportunityLouisiana.com today. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. On the last episode, the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed turbocharged the vaccine race. Moderna was told to recruit more black and Hispanic people for its trial, and the drug companies pledged not to cut corners on vaccine safety. Now, the first results from the final stage vaccine trials are within reach. But with the battle for the Oval Office in full swing, public trust in the vaccines is eroding fast. This is Episode 5, Trials and Tribulations. It's September 29th, 2020, and the first presidential election debate is about to start. In New York, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla settles onto his sofa to watch. On the screen, President Donald Trump and his rival, former Vice President Joe Biden, size each other up like wizened tortoises, ready to duke it out over a lettuce leaf. Orla knows vaccines will be a flashpoint tonight. Democrats are fanning fears that Trump will make the FDA approve an unsafe vaccine. To reassure the public, the FDA now wants the vaccine companies to provide extra data from their trials in order to win approval. But that means there's no chance of any vaccine trial producing results before Election Day. Now, Trump is threatening to overrule the FDA. And that would create even more distrust over the vaccine's safety. Borla just hopes tonight's debate won't make matters worse. Fat chance. Focusing on the future first, President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused 
and mistaken. Well, I've spoken to the companies and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing because people like this would rather make it political than save lives. Borla cringes as Trump undermines the CDC, an agency that will play a critical role in getting the vaccines out to the nation. Next, the host turns to Biden. Given the fact that polls already show that people are concerned about the vaccine and are reluctant to take it, are you and your running mate, Senator Harris, contributing to that fear? No more than the question you just asked him. You pointed out. He puts pressure and disagrees with his own scientists. But you're saying you can't, or Senator Harris is saying you can't trust the scientists. Well, no, no, you can't trust the scientists. She didn't say that. You can't trust She said the public health experts, quote, will be muzzled, will be suppressed. Well, that's what he's going to try to do, but there's millions of scientists. Borla frowns. The messaging around the vaccine is incoherent. No wonder millions of Americans have no idea what to believe. Fuming, he grabs his laptop. He wants his staff and the world to know that Pfizer's vaccine will only be ready when the science says it is. He starts hammering the keyboard. Tuesday night, I joined the millions of Americans who tuned into the presidential debate. Once more, I was disappointed that the vaccine for a deadly disease was discussed in political terms rather than scientific facts. People are understandably confused and don't know whom to believe. Borla pauses and then resumes typing. At Pfizer, the only pressure we feel is from the billions of people, millions of businesses, and hundreds of government officials that are depending on us. But that pressure is about to rise. In mid-October, a second wave pushes COVID infections to their highest level since early September. Tonight, the coronavirus surging back as cases across the country climb. More than 50,000 confirmed infections every day since Wednesday, with nearly two dozen states seeing an increase of more than 1,000 cases in just two days. By now, the grim figures are almost numbing. Every day, another 1,000 Americans lost. Another 1,000 American families shattered. Worldwide, COVID's killed a million people. And the bad news keeps coming. Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine trial has been put on pause. The company says one of the volunteers has an unexplained illness. Now, it's not clear if it's connected to the shot they were given, but those tests are on hold until doctors can get it all figured out. Five other companies are in the final phase of testing. The pause instantly knocks 2% off Johnson & Johnson's stock price. Now, both Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca's U.S. vaccine trials are stuck in limbo. For AstraZeneca, the freeze has been especially frustrating. At the beginning of the summer, its vaccine was poised to become the first to get approved. Now, the company's U.S. trial has been in stasis for weeks, unable to move forward until the FDA is assured that the vaccine didn't make a participant in its U.K. trials ill. The delay means there's no chance the AstraZeneca vaccine will get approved in the U.S. by the end of the year. The best the British drug company can hope for is that its trials elsewhere in the world convince other countries to give its vaccine the okay. It takes until late October before the FDA lets both AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson restart their studies. By then, Pfizer and Moderna are miles ahead. 
all Pfizer and Moderna need now is for enough of their trial volunteers to catch COVID. Once that happens, then they can release the first results. And with the virus running rampant again, that moment is fast approaching. Sunday, November 8th. In Pfizer's offices in Connecticut, CEO Albert Bourla shuts himself inside the conference room and opens his laptop. As he logs into a video meeting, a shiver runs down his spine. It's been 10 months since Germany's BioNTech asked Pfizer to help bring its vaccine to market. Since then, Pfizer spent the better part of $2 billion getting the vaccine through trials and into production. Now, he's about to discover if it was all worth it. On his screen, he sees the statistician from the independent committee that controls access to the vaccine trial results. Good afternoon, Mr. Borla. Are you ready to start? Borla can tell from this guy's emotionless expression that he's going to be a stickler for process. Absolutely. Please, begin. Excellent. Last Sunday, the 94th trial participant was confirmed to have contracted COVID-19. Therefore, in line with the trial protocols, we have collated and analyzed the first findings from the trials. These findings have been cross-checked and signed... Borla impatiently taps his foot as the statistician drones on in a voice so devoid of life, he may as well be recounting the results of a trial for a new bunion cream. Borla doesn't want the preamble. All he wants is to hear the statistic that'll make or break the vaccine. The figure is called the efficacy, and it's a measure of how much the vaccine reduces the risk of someone contracting COVID. If the efficacy is 0%, the vaccine makes no difference at all. If the efficacy is 100%, then all risk is eliminated, and the FDA will not approve any vaccine with an efficacy score below 50%. Efficacy isn't the only figure that matters. How successful a vaccine is at stopping serious illness how long protection lasts, and whether the results differ by age, sex, race, and BMI also matter. But if the efficacy is poor, then the vaccine's headed straight for the trash and Pfizer's taking a major financial hit. Finally, the statistician gets to the moment of truth. The results are as follows. Of the 94 participants who tested positive for COVID-19, 90 received the placebo. Borla cuts in. Sorry, uh, did you say 90 or, or 19? The statistician looks up from his notes. 90 received the placebo and four received the vaccine. Only four people tested positive after receiving the vaccine. Therefore, the overall efficacy of the vaccine is 95%. Borla's jaw drops. The vaccine hasn't just hit the FDA's target. It's whacked it right out of the ballpark. 95%! Yes, yes, yes! Borla jiggles in his seat, fighting the urge to leap from his chair and run around the room in circles, punching the air. Even the statistician cracks a smile. For almost a year, humanity's been hunkering down, near defenseless against a relentless, invisible killer that's devoured lives, obliterated jobs, and forced loved ones apart. But now, there's hope. Humanity's finally got a weapon it can use to turn the tables 
on this virus. That evening, in her Philadelphia home, BioNTech Senior Vice President Catalin Carrico gets a call from one of her colleagues in Germany. Catalin, I have the results from Pfizer's vaccine trial. The 66-year-old Hungarian biochemist feels her heart racing as her colleague shares the news. Carrico's eyes widen as she's told the efficacy figure. 95%? Carrico steadies herself against a chair. She's so thrilled she can barely breathe. This is vindication. This vaccine wouldn't exist if not for her 40-year struggle to unlock the medical potential of mRNA. That quest nearly cost her her career, but her persistence has paid off for everyone. Her work is going to save the lives of millions. Seven days later, in a Boston townhouse, Moderna CEO Stefan Bansell shuts himself inside his home office and logs on to a video call. The past 11 months have been a wild ride. In that time, Moderna's gone from a startup with no products or profits to a real contender. Before the pandemic, it had just one manufacturing plant. Now, it has a global network of suppliers and contract manufacturers ready to produce its vaccine. Assuming it works, of course. Bansell and his fellow Moderna executives listen on the edge of their seats as the statistician from their trial monitoring board delivers the results. 95 trial participants caught COVID-19. Of those, 90 were in the placebo group and five in the vaccinated group, making for an efficacy of 94.5%. Yeah! Smiles break out on the Moderna team's faces. Their mRNA vaccine is a winner, and it's just as good as Pfizer's. After the call, Bansell rushes out of his office and yells to his family. We did it! We did it! Efficacy's 94%. His wife and two teenage children rush over for a group hug. Eight days ago, the world had no proven vaccines. Now, it's got two. The strong vaccine results send the stock prices of Pfizer, Moderna, and BioNTech soaring. Unlike Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, they're all planning to profit from selling their vaccines. A year ago, Investors were stampeding to offload Moderna and BioNTech stock. Now, their key executives own stock options worth hundreds of millions. Back in January, it seemed unimaginable the world would get even a single proven vaccine against the coronavirus before the year was over, let alone two. But soon, AstraZeneca will make it a hat trick. Even if its rush to the finish line is more of a stumble than a graceful sprint. When you're hiring, finding the right person for a role can feel like a make-or-break decision. And the more you think about it, the scarier it can be. Add on to that the fact that hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I mean, how are you going to sort through all those resumes? Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. All right. Stop right there. Take a deep breath and go check out ZipRecruiter. In fact, I'll do you one better. You can even try ZipRecruiter for free 
at ZipRecruiter.com BW. You see, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then their matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. While other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com BW. Once again, remember to go to this unique spot, ZipRecruiter.com BW. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? QuickBooks? More like quicksand. All right, but seriously, the bigger your company grows, the faster you sink with outdated software that just can't keep up. You don't have time to spend dealing with manual processes, multiple systems, delays, and scrambling to get the numbers you need. It's time to get on solid ground. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all of your key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need to grow all in one place. It also helps you automate your key business processes and close your books in a fraction of the time. Think days, not weeks. In fact, 93% of surveyed organizations increased visibility and control over their business since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those of you who are ready to graduate from QuickBooks. Head to netsuite.com wars. That's special financing for you graduates at netsuite.com wars. netsuite.com wars. Late May 2020, six months before Pfizer and Moderna's trial results are revealed. At Oxford University, two baffled scientists stare at the readings on their equipment. It's still showing a mismatch. The concentration of viral particles in these vaccine doses is twice as high as it should be. <laughs> That's odd. The Italians insist their readings are correct. It's been a month since Oxford partnered with AstraZeneca to bring its vaccine to market. Now, the university is about to launch a large-scale trial with 10,000 British volunteers. If it goes well, the results could be in by September. But the university has just hit its first bump in the road. Oxford hired an Italian company to make vaccine doses for its trial. The doses arrived the other day, but now Oxford's researchers are double-checking them and they're getting concentration readings twice as high as the supplier claims. Should we throw out the batch? Not sure we should give people double doses. Higher doses of vaccine could cause more pronounced side effects, like chills and fevers. But trashing the doses isn't an attractive option. It would delay the trial by weeks, and COVID is killing thousands of people every day. Uh... What if we give half doses? If our readings are right, that'll be the correct amount. If we're wrong, at least we underdose rather than overdose people. Actually, that could work. 
After getting the okay from Britain's drug regulator, Oxford gives half-dose shots to nearly 3,000 volunteers. But those volunteers report fewer of the normal reactions to vaccines, like sore arms and mild short-lived fevers, suggesting they got a low dose. Upon further investigation, it turns out the Italians got it right. The mistake was on the Oxford side. Researchers there got a different reading because they used a different method for measuring vaccine concentration. Instead of excluding the half-dosed group from the trial, the university presses on, curious to see how that group's results will differ from those given the correct dose. But six months later, that decision comes back to haunt them. It's November 23, 2020, and the world's waking up to more good news in the fight against COVID. The first results from the Oxford-AstraZeneca trials in Britain and Brazil are in. The headline finding is that the vaccine is safe and effective. But then it gets messy. The University of Oxford and AstraZeneca found that its vaccine is 70% effective but could reach protection levels of 90% by tweaking the dosage. When volunteers were administered two high doses, the protection was 62%, but when given one low dose followed by one high dose, the protection reached 90%. It's not clear at this point why there is such a disparity, but they're getting somewhere. After the clear findings from Pfizer and Moderna, the arrival of a vaccine with three wildly different efficacy figures leaves the world bewildered and suspicious. Baffled by the figures, CNN invites Oxford professor Adrian Hill to explain. Congratulations, sir. Help us understand. What are you telling us today? We're telling us that, telling you that we tested two different immunization uh, regimens. Uh, one, the standard regime, where you give the same dose twice. And the other, a fairly new type of regime where you increase the dose. So we started with half a dose. And then the second immunization was with the full dose. And intriguingly, that gave um, very high efficacy of, of 90%. But Hill isn't sure why half a dose would outperform a full dose. Then, AstraZeneca drops a bombshell by revealing that the half-dosing of trial participants was an error. Oxford University responds by insisting it was an intentional decision, not a mistake. It's an epic public relations debacle, and it completely overshadows the news that the world just got its third proven vaccine. But trial results don't guarantee approval. The vaccine makers must still overcome one last hurdle, the world's drug regulators. And no regulator is harder to please than the FDA. While European regulators prefer to scrutinize the findings presented by drug companies, the FDA demands the raw data and does the painstaking analysis itself. Pfizer is the first vaccine put under the FDA microscope. For weeks, the FDA crunches the numbers. But finally, on December 10th, the independent panel reviewing the vaccine gathers to make their decision. After eight hours of discussion, the panel makes its call. 
Good day, everyone. We're coming on the air to bring you a major development of the battle against the COVID-19 pandemic. A key FDA advisory committee has just voted to recommend emergency use authorization for the Pfizer vaccine, the first COVID vaccine to pass this crucial test in the United States. And it comes as the country reaches a grim new milestone. More than 3,000 deaths from the virus yesterday alone. That's a new one-day record. It's Sunday, December 13th, 2020, and at Pfizer's vast COVID vaccine plant in Portage, Michigan, all systems are go. With emergency authorization from the FDA in hand, Pfizer's going full tilt to get its vaccine out and into people's arms. In one area, workers wearing what look like spacesuits connect pipes to tanks. They're full of the mRNA that Pfizer plants in Missouri and Massachusetts have spent weeks preparing. The mRNA surges out of tanks and through a maze of thin steel pipes and into tiny mixers about the size of an Oreo. Inside those mixers, the mRNA is forced together with the protective fatty particles that were created at another plant to produce the finished vaccine. As the finished vaccine emerges, Tens of thousands of glass vials rattle along the production line to be filled. In the factory loading bay, forklifts fill UPS and FedEx trucks with boxes containing hundreds of thousands of doses. Then, these vaccine-packed 18-wheelers rumble out the factory gates. As they hit the road, police escorts join them, lights flashing, sirens blaring to clear the road ahead. As the trucks fan out, the tracking devices in the boxes beam real-time data to Pfizer headquarters, keeping the company updated on their location and condition. Soon, the trucks are pouring into nearby airports, where their life-saving cargo is loaded onto waiting planes that will then fly Pfizer's vaccine to every corner of the USA. The next morning, in hospitals across the land, the first Americans line up for their shots. And before the year's out, Moderna's shots will also be rolling out. With the election over, public hesitancy about the vaccines is melting away. In September, an ABC News poll found that just half of Americans would take a vaccine. Now, 84% want it. Science is winning. The end feels within reach. But in South Africa, One scientist's just learned that this war is anything but over. On the next episode, the coronavirus mutates. Pfizer turns the screws on Latin America, and nations push and shove to get to the front of the supply lines. From Wondery. This is Episode 5 of Vaccine Wars for Business Wars. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen one week early and ad-free. You'll also find some links and offers from our sponsors in the episode notes. Supporting them helps us keep offering our shows for free. Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com survey and tell us which business stories you'd like to hear. 
A quick note about recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes are dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. I'm your host, David Brown. Tristan Donovan wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Voice acting by Michelle Phillippe. Sound design by Kyle Randall. Kate Young is our associate producer. Our producer is Dave Schilling. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer-Beckman and Marshall Louie. Created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondering. Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Arisha. And we're the hosts of Even the Rich. So I want you to imagine you're about to go on stage and perform in front of 30,000 cheering fans. You pop a cough drop, take some deep breaths, tell yourself, you can do this. And that's when your brother steps into your dressing room. He tells you the police are here. Either you clean up your act or you'll get arrested. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But you just laugh and say good, because the you in this story is Madonna. You're going to give the police a moment they'll never forget. Ooh, so what happens next? If you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the newest season of Even the Rich, The Making of Madonna. Follow on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free.